Chase, you got a copy, Chase. Yeah, go ahead. Eleven months, Carl. I'll be over in a minute. Time, temperature, and concentration. Read the work order. Safety glasses. You're not done with that yet? Hey, put on some gloves. Can you please just follow the process? Make sure you put your respirator away. Solvent rags go over the side of the trash can. Where's your wet film gauge? Make sure you're putting tags back on the parts. Did you milk check that? Put your tools away. This chase. It is episode 13 of KazerCast. My name is Chloe, and we're mixing it up a little bit today. I've got Sherry Kazer here with me, um, also known as Jace's mother. And she has been a guest on our show before, and she's back in a hosting capacity this time because we are turning the tables on Jace, and instead of having him interview somebody, somebody that he knows either from the industry or um, racing, we are actually going to turn around and ask him all of the questions that we've always wanted answered. So thank you for joining us today, Sherry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are you ready for this? I am ready. Okay. I know that you have a bunch of questions for Jace, but before we get into that, I had a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, just to kind of go back and dig up some of ancient history for a minute. Um, I have heard you say on more than one occasion that Jace was born an old man, and I kind of wanted to unpack that statement before we get started. Can you tell us what you mean when you say that? I just mean that he was always kind of an old soul. Like he was never interested in things that kids are usually interested in and never really acted like a kid or a child. So what were his interests? What kind of movies and books did he like? Um, You know, I don't remember him reading that much. He usually wanted to be out and doing stuff. He was usually following Jay around. And, okay. And he, he loved to listen to adult conversations and really gravitated towards adults and talking to them. And at a very, very young age, people were very like shocked by how old he sounded talking. I mean, like, <laughs> like at 18 months old, he was like in the shopping cart and, you know, he'd go check out and they're like, how are you little guy? And he'd be like, I'm pretty good. They'd be like, oh. <laughs> or fine, thanks. And they're just like, they didn't expect him to answer because he was so little, you know. And then he had this super deep voice. I didn't really ever notice it, but everybody commented on it. So that was even funnier. But he, so when, he, go ahead. When you said that he followed Jay around, did that mean at like work sites and that kind of thing or just around the house? Yeah, when he was home. But Jay was never in the house, he was always outside in the shop or, you know, working outside on in the yard. He's either in the race shop or he also, he did take Jace with him on Saturday mornings for a while when he was little, when I was pregnant with Jared, he would take him down to like Sherwin Williams to the paint store and 
show him off. <laughs> you play catch and with him down there. Wow. So when he started school, um, what subjects was he into? What kinds of friends did he make? Um, how did that evolve? Uh. He was mostly interested in racing because when he was four is when Jay started racing. So he was just always really interested. Like all of his, when they'd write stories, he'd write about racing, you know, and the memory would be about racing and his pictures would be about a race car. And he, he didn't have tons of friends at first. We lived on an acreage and there wasn't many kids his age out there. It's just kind of hard to. To meet people anyway, you know, you're not going to let your kid walk a couple acres by themselves when they're little. Um, he did have his one friend, Chauncey, and him and Jared were really good friends. And then he had his cousin, JP. They played together a lot when they were little, before they got into school. So would you say he takes after Jay more than you? I think so. He's got some of me in him, too, but he's got a lot of Jay in him. What parts of you does he have? I think the parts of me he has kind of takes the, the edge off of the gruffness of Jay. He, he's maybe a little more, you know, I don't, I don't know, sensitive is quite the word, but just a bit softer than Jay, but not soft at any means, but, you know. There's not quite as many rough edges, I guess, as Jay has. Jay is really rough. <laughs> Extremely okay. rough. And am I right in assuming that Jared takes even more after you? That's what I'd say. I, I'm, But Jared is pretty much his own little soul. I mean, he's he's very compassionate, and um, I've learned learned a lot. Learned a lot from him. And were they good friends growing up? They were. They were they were good little buds and, and with their cousin Jordan. Um, my mom would babysit all three of them um, for sure once a week so I could get payroll done. And, uh, yeah, they hung out together a lot before they all had to be in school full time. And they do things with my dad, too. Grandpa loved doing things with his grandsons. And my dad would come to the races too and hang out with us to help me with the boys. That's great. Um, so I know when I mentioned to you that we were thinking about doing an episode that was all about Jason questions we had for him, you jumped at the opportunity um, and then wrote a bunch of questions. So I wanted to pass it over to you to start firing away. Okay. Well, these, it, they're like in random order. I just started, you know, uh, started flowing is, out of me so that it might not yeah. make a whole lot of sense we might have to nope. jump That's around okay. and um the the first question's pretty actually jay kind of wants to know this one i mean i do too but he's like i got a question ask him this so he wants to know what your thoughts are on kids in marriage like when he, he said when are you gonna get married and have kids that's how he put it but and I'm kind That's of past. What the parents want to know. I'm kind of past that now. I used to was wondering that. But now I like, ah, if it's gonna happen, it'll happen. Whenever that is, everybody's getting married way later in life now. So. Okay, so 
It is different being on the other end of all these questions, but I'll do my best. So Jace's personal thoughts on kids and marriage. When I was growing up, um, I would definitely wanted to be married and have kids. Uh, our family was a family of four, so I kind of wanted to have a family of four. Um, I don't know anymore now that it, I, I tend to be really um, obsessive with things that I do, so it was like um racing and then college and then kind of went back to racing and now it's work and um I don't really at least at the moment I don't want to put uh anything ahead of work I want work to be my main thing and the number one and so that's hard to probably ask of a, of a partner to always come second so I don't know if I think I do want to get married someday but I feel like right now I'm like in work mode and, and focused. And uh, I know that the hours I work and the time I spend, there's no way I could be a good dad right now because I, I physically wouldn't be there at all. Um, and I don't feel like that's okay. So, and I, I always feel like that I'm not, I, there's no way I'm ready. Although then like I see, you know, like my good friend Chauncey and a lot of other friends from high school that already have multiple kids but when I look at myself, I still feel like I'm not ready. So I would say I, I don't I don't have a 100% answer on that, but someday, prob probably. But we just have to see how life goes. Does this mean that y'all want grandkids, Sherry? Um, you know, for a long time, I really wanted them really bad. But since COVID and everything and just how – stressful things seem to be in the world right now i'm like well you know if it doesn't happen i could be okay with that too so that's fair it does seem like a pretty bleak landscape at the moment and i, I mean i love babies and i love toddlers and i love little kids but but also even like with my own kids i had a really hard time like giving them up to the world like i wanted to homeschool them and jay said no I suppose I'd probably feel the same way about grandkids. I just would be, my heart would just be breaking all the time, you know, I think I'll, I'm a softie when it comes to little kids. All right. You ready for the next question? Okay. I'll just do dad's next question was when you can start racing again. <laughs> uh, also a good question. I think about that probably every day. Chloe knows that I think about it a lot because I talk to her about just thinking about uh, how we can do social media in terms of Kaiser Motorsports and things like that. And, um, but it's uh, racing so expensive. It always was, and and still continues to be. And again, like it just it, it's another one where it comes down to my time. So uh, I still really enjoy what I'm doing at work. Um, I haven't been, uh, the business has been successful and we've been growing, but I haven't been successful in, in putting the, all the pieces in place to where it could function without me. I kind of have a habit of just building everything up around myself, being the really strong leader and me needing to be there, not in terms of that, that the team can't accomplish it without me, but, um, I haven't taught them the things that they need to know to carry on if I was gone for multiple days at a time or something like that. Um, and I also 
don't have the time in the evenings probably to prepare a race car and things. That's why we stopped racing. It was because we weren't going to the track with a car that was ready to win. Um, and I knew it, so it was pointless to go. Uh, because Kaysers only do stuff at the highest level. We're not, we're not going to just go do it for fun. Um, but yeah, someday again, uh, I, I will, I think. I want to race again, but I, um, I'm i just so much more of the business mindset now, so I, I feel like I want to make it be a, a viable business, um, which is tough with racing to make that like a profitable endeavor. I think the goal would be to make it break even, um, which would still be extremely difficult. But uh, I think it's possible. A lot of the things that I've learned in the past five or six years, different ways of looking at stuff, um, developing a lot of new relationships. Um, but I still follow racing very closely, still thinking about it. Um, it's just going to be it's going to be timing, and I guess that's what the question boiled down to. But I would say I'll consider it a lot more once um, you and, and Dad are retired, probably. J just in the sense that, um, you know, the, the biggest problem that we have at, at down at Kayser is finding more good people. We have good people, but to find more of them. And then so then that just comes to the same thing if, if I want to start a race team again. Like, there's going to have to be more people. Um, and that are committed and want to do it um, because I can't, I want to be the leader at Kaiser. I want to be the leader at Kaiser Motorsports. I want to be the leader in Kaiser craft. Um, I like to be at the forefront and, and being able to guide everybody along, but I can't be in multiple places at once. So um, that's the challenge right now. And I'm working through that. And I think we're making gains. But uh, just went how 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 quickly I can get that figured out, and we can kind of scale the the Kaiser team, and scale like the people and talent that we have, and like, grow but maintain that um, talent ratio. I guess that will determine when we're when I start racing again. So probably I'm already thirty or twenty nine, so I feel like I'm getting really old already. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully within the next. By maybe by the time I'm 35, but then you start mixing that in with, with you know, uh, so I, I still want to work a lot. I want to race, but then I also want to have a family. Um, uh, extremely challenging. Obviously, Dad did it, but um, I'm not quite sure how he how he pulled it off and had the time to do it. Also, um, I don't. It'll be. I would like to have all that. I would like to be married and have kids and be back full-time racing and have a have Kayser still running um and have Jane Sherry be retired and all that I would like to have all that accomplished by the time I'm I want to say 35 but that's only like four or five or six years away so maybe by the time I'm 40 I guess um yes I have so, oh. go ahead Sherry I have a bunch of rebuttals um <laughs> first off <laughs> Jay and Jace are the ones who you're not having fun unless you're winning. Me and Jared were like, no, we just want to have fun. Not necessarily, maybe friendly competition or no competition. Like, we love to go do something and not even keep score, but not Jay and Jace. They, if they're not winning, then they're not happy. And even when they win, you barely don't even see a whole bunch of excitement out of them. 
and then the time thing, how Jay did it. Jace, you're working way more hours than Dad was. Dad did not work at all on Sundays. And on Saturdays during race season, he pretty much didn't. He maybe had to go start guys sometimes in the morning. And he would take off Friday afternoons to go home and get ready for when we raced on Friday nights. And, um, and then, I mean, he had you as you were older, you know, prepping the car and stuff like that. And then the whole thing about 35, yeah, it'd be more like 40 for us to retire because I was just looking at this last night with social security, full retirement age for our age when we were born isn't until 67. So that's like almost 10 years away. So we kind of got to follow that, I guess. Well, I guess that would be good timing because you'll have, you'll be getting ready to retire. Dad will need something to do so he can start working on race cars again. You'll need something to do so you can start babysitting grandkids. Yeah. Well, and that kind of, I was thinking when you said like a family, it's like, well, if you want to race, you're going to have to find a woman who likes racing. And then the family, that's what you do as a family. Then they go to the races. And if you have kids and they hang out in the shop with you, you know, you double up there. That's kind of what dad did, you know. That's what Stu did too. We talked to him last week. Same thing. His whole family's on board. Yeah. So, so Sherry, Sherry, does this question mean that Jay would be into starting up racing again too? Would he want to be part of Jace's pit crew? Oh, he would definitely, he, he would not be able to stay away. Um, now when we, we stopped, whenever that was a year or two years ago, he was ready to, he, cause he was overwhelmed by the business was growing and he couldn't quite juggle that and balance that anymore. The business and the racing, and he was getting tired, and he drove the motor home, and that was, you know, you drive home three o'clock in the morning, and he got up for the, in the morning that more, you know, he like he'd been up for almost twenty four hours driving that rig home, which scared the crap out of me, but um, yeah, he would definitely, he can't stay away, I. And he wouldn't, if he's retired, he's definitely going to be bored and needs something to do. He's not one to, I don't see him retiring unless he has, yeah, I mean, he talks about, well, when I retire, then we're going to start this other business. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're just going to do something else, just stay working where you're at because I'm not so, in on all something else. <laughs> side note on all of this, by the way, um, I know Jace doesn't drink coffee. Does Jay also not drink coffee? Um, I think he does a little bit in the morning now when it's cold, he likes to, but like, no, we don't like have a coffee pot at home, but in general, no, he wasn't really a coffee, an avid coffee drinker. How on earth are you this productive of a human without caffeine or any kind of stimulant in your body? <laughs> well, he likes, you know, Coke or Pepsi, you know, so that's got caffeine in it, but he is just okay. the Energizer Bunny and Jace follows suit he just can't stand to sit still. I mean, if he's in the house for more than 30 minutes in the morning, he's like, oh, God, I got a headache. I got to go outside. He just, you know, it's, just, it's torture to him to be inside. He has to be out doing something project-wise, productive-wise. He doesn't really play. He does things, you know. Working on a race car is his play. Doing yard work is his play. Working is his play. That's just him. 
And Jace has followed in his footsteps, I think. I was going to say, it sounds like someone else I know. We run, well, I run on adrenaline. So, like, I run, like, so I don't get my adrenaline highs from racing anymore, but I get them from work. So that's what I run on. So what's the next question? Uh, okay, so this is totally a whole different topic. So I want to know why you won't try rock climbing or the ninja thing with Jordan. Because I think you would enjoy it because you always liked using, you know, you always were strong and, and give you just a little tiny bit more balance in your life without just work. What is the ninja thing? It's, um, um, uh, I'm probably going to say the name of the business wrong. I'm going to say try athletics. And I'm sorry if I got that wrong. They actually have like, they do gymnastics, but then they also have like, you have you, you've watched the Ninja, um, American Ninja Warrior. Have you ever watched that on TV? Yes. They have um, obstacle course set up like that. And cool. Jace's cousin, my nephew, Jordan, has always been really interested in that. And so he and his friend, um, he does that with his, his parents have the gym and his friend, I think, is kind of in ch charge of the, the Ninja obstacle course. And, um, and then he does this, I guess I call it bouldering over there uh, where the old Best Buy was on 48th which is a type of rock climbing. And I, I and he's been trying to get Jace to come. He thinks Jace needs a little more balance in his life. And they used to do lots of stuff together when they were little, you know? And Jordan's an only child, so they, they were like his brothers. Well, again, it boils down to time, okay? And uh, it's not that I, you know, it, it makes it seem like I'm not interested in doing anything else, right, since I work so much, but. And everybody like looks at it as like that it's work, you know, when they're looking at their own life, they want work life balance. And I don't really believe in that. I just think I like to, I like to do what I'm doing. I don't really call it work. Like I'm doing a ton of different projects, you know, so, um, I, I want to be doing that. It's just like when I was racing, that's all I did. I get, I'm very one dimensional. Um, I get very obsessed with something and focus on it and, and that is what I want to do and I'm going to be the best at it and be ultra successful and it's because I spend so much time on it. I'm going to spend, oh, if I'm not the best, I'm just going to outwork you, period. This, you're never going to work harder than I will. So that's what, time is why, um, because typically what I find um, is that if I'm off doing something else, um, I'm usually just thinking about that. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? I want to be doing, you know, I should be getting this, this, and this done. And it's not necessarily that um, work is weighing me down. It's just in my mind, I would rather be going and, and, and doing a project that I have going on at the office. So uh, that's why it's just, it's this time, you know, because I'm, I, I get up, I eat breakfast and I'm down to work. And then when I'm done with work, by the time I get home, it's supper time and then shower and then go back to bed. So, like, I would I would definitely have to spend a significant amount of time less if I was going to go do the, the rock climbing thing. Um, I am interested in working out and stuff, and I have a home gym, and I try to work out, but that usually doesn't happen. And I usually get a pretty good workout at work, you know, during my day-to-day. -day. So that's why, time. 
Well, I understand that, and I, I'm, I think that's great that you enjoy what you're doing and you look forward to that. And I know you told me that one day that how most people on Sunday night go, oh, Monday, oh. But you go, Sunday night, yay, I'm looking forward to the work week, which is what everybody kind of wants to strive for. You know, you want to enjoy, because you spend 40 plus. And also the big thing that I think people forget and don't realize, especially when I'm doing like podcasts and I'm doing social media, like I am the biggest, most extreme introvert that you'll ever meet. I mean, like, like way beyond what you can imagine. So I really don't like social interaction. I really don't like being around other people. It wears me out. Um, I don't like being out at events. Um, I'll do it when I need to. And, um, like we do this podcast and stuff, but again, it's, I don't mind recording it myself and then putting it out. But if I had to do this in front of like a live audience and stuff, that wouldn't be very, I wouldn't probably want to do that. Um, and I, you know, when I was growing up, we were, I did stuff that was very individualistic. School was very individual. Um, racing was extremely individual. Weightlifting was individual. Wrestling was individual. Um, so it might be, you might, I understand I was around more people when I was doing that, but really when you add up the time I spent racing and you try to figure out how much time other people were, were around outside like dad, um, it's very, there's very few times when other people were around. I mean, yes, we had people come over to the shop during the week, but it was for a couple hours, you know, out of the other 40 that I was spending. So, you know, I just... I'd like to be by myself. I mean, there was times in high school where there'd be parties going on um, that I could have gone to and, uh, you know, or I would go to someone else's house. I don't, you don't even know this. This is going to be interesting for you. I would go over to someone else's house um, to just hang out with them and then they wanted to go to a party. Um, what, you know, and I didn't want to go because I just didn't want to be around that many people. And so I would come back home and I would just go into the race shop and work the whole night, because like I didn't, I didn't want to be around most of those people. Not saying like what was going on, you know. It just like regardless of what was happening at those places, I just didn't want to. I, I'm uncomfortable being around that many people. So like I would rather just be by myself, grooving a tire. You know, <laughs> I grooved and siped a lot of tires when my friends were all together hanging out because I. I'm just an extreme introvert. So that plays into it too. And that allows me to get really obsessed with something. It allows me to focus and outwork people because like, like uh, when COVID hit my lifestyle, my lifestyle did not change at all. It didn't, which might sound crazy to a lot of people, but it didn't like I, I was around the same amount of people. We were lucky that we were able to stay open and that we were an essential business, but like, I don't have a personal life really. Uh, outside of my day-to-day work so it it didn't change it, it honest it's it's bad to say but like improved because then I didn't go I didn't have to go to Menards and Home Depot and Lowe's so started ordering all online and it would now there's a service that will actually deliver it so now I don't even have to go out you know I sound like a crazy hermit you know and Chloe's like laughing on the video but like it's true and um I like that I don't think people realize how introverted I am. There's been some people that have been surprised with how much social media stuff that we do and the podcast and like, wow, Jason's usually really quiet because it's true. I, 
I am really quiet and I do keep to myself. And and I get that because I am an introvert too. And I felt the same way about parties in high school. I didn't go to any. I just, being around a lot of people wears me out too, that I don't get my energy from that. Um, I do get energy from children, uh, but I, I get exactly what you're saying. I, I totally understand it. And I think it's, and it's kind of interesting, like with racing, because we were around tons of people at the racetrack. I mean, you're surrounded by people, by other, you know, trailers and racers. And But at the races, you don't really have to talk to people because you can't because it's too loud because the cars, the racing that, that's going on. And I rem- I remember that too. It's like, oh, it's, it's kind of nice to go. And you don't, you're around people, but you don't really have to interact with them. Yeah, and a lot of it. So there's like a class, uh, um, a group in most race car drivers, you know, people that are racing, the weekly racing, you know, they're going to race and have fun. They're going to hang out and talk with their friends. They're going to drink after the races and have a good time. And we didn't do that at all. You know, we were there, like we treated it at, like a business, right? We're all, we're just very, very serious. And that's just the way I've always been. We were at the racetrack to win, to compete and win every win the heat race and win a dash if there was one on and win the a feature and if we did it great that's what we were expecting to do we don't need to stick around and celebrate we'll sign autographs from fans we'll go home and then we're going to prepare for next week because we we want to win next week and the week after that and we want to win the championship at the end of the year so my whole life has been structured around serious business as usual you know racing was about you know presenting well for our sponsors and I understand it was on a much smaller scale than like NASCAR, but in that time period of my life, I wanted to be a national or a NASCAR driver, professional driver. So I was trying to do all the things that I thought I needed to do to uh, represent myself in a way and work as hard as I needed to, to accomplish that. So it was, you know, uh, again, you're right. We were around a lot of people, but you know, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was focused on what we were doing. There's people that would come along with us to the races um, and then be like, oh, I thought I was going to get a talk to you. I didn't realize that I would, <laughs> I, I was, you were going to talk to me on the way to the track and then I wasn't going to talk to you again till like six hours later when the races were over, uh, girlfriends included. Uh, so, I mean, that's just the way it was. Yeah, well, and everybody who came regularly to the races, learned and knew you don't talk to Jay or Jace during the races. And they were afraid to. And they'd make me talk to you guys. And I also remembered, like, what the heck am I doing here? You guys don't even talk to me. You know? So, yeah. (laughs) I get it. So does winning scratch that fun itch for you then? Um, Yes, it does. There's satisfaction in that. Um, My... My expectations for myself have always been so high. She probably has a question about this. Um, I've always expected, and I don't know why, but I've always expected to be myself to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist. So um, there was satisfaction in, in winning a race, yes, in winning championships, yes. Um, but the best satisfaction for me, since I'm such a perfectionist, was like domination. 
there was a year where we won like when we came to the racetrack we were the one that was that everybody had to beat to win that was really satisfying when it was like every week we were expected that we were going to win and we were going to win by a lot it didn't matter where we started it was we, we could start last we were going to still win by a straightaway and that when there was that amount of like dominance then that was probably the most satisfying all righty, so you're ready to change topics again? <laughs> so I want to know when you're going to go visit your brother. <laughs> okay, so for context, my brother lives in Colorado. Um, I will, I don't know, I, again, I don't like to go do things. <laughs> um, and COVID, and, but I am vaccinated. I do have my booster, so... Um, I do actually like traveling west. Um, I don't mind flying from Lincoln to Denver because um, you gain time. Um, Jared is near Denver. Chloe's in Denver. Uh, so I suppose I could somehow in my mind excuse it out to be somewhat work-related and go visit Jared <laughs> in the next, I don't know. <sighs> I, when do you want me to visit him, I guess? Well, you'd have to check with him. I mean, that's, un you know, but it wouldn't take, I mean, you could leave Friday night, come back Sunday, you just miss a, a weekend. You can, wouldn't even have to miss days from work. So, so I plan, I plan my, anytime I do take vacations, which I have taken some, I had positive impact for my good friend bear from college when she was working at Kaiser. We did, when there was time off, we did go do things. So that was good. Um, but he usually comes back on like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And those are like the longest times that we take off. We do usually take the week break between Christmas and new year's. Um, yes. If I'm here, I usually still go down and work on stuff, but um, I would probably, those were the times when I would go visit him, but he's usually coming back here. So. Okay. So I want to know how often that you talk to him and who calls who. <laughs> um, I would say once a month, probably, and possibly, maybe once every two months. He usually calls me. Um, I call him, though. I've called him before, too. It's probably one-third me calling him, two-thirds him calling me. Um, a lot of the calls usually will start with work-related stuff because we powder coat stuff for the company he works for so that's usually like the instigator and then we'll have a conversation after that okay um as a mom what what i want the most is my two boys to be close so i'd like you both to try to make that like once a week and once every two week and you need to try to be a little bit more the instigator too Okay, that's fine. Oh, this was questions for me, but I'll take that. That's a nice statement that I'll take to heart. All right. You're here's... getting good advice from your mom. It's very good advice. All right. Here's kind of, uh, you, and you know, you can decline to answer any of these questions because, and some of them are probably kind of stupid. I'm not going to decline to answer. <laughs> All righty then. What score would you give me on a review at work? That's a good one. Um, <laughs> Wow, that's a juicy question. I love this. <laughs> um, okay, so like 
if we just go like straight down the, the review list, all the, I can't remember all the questions, but like attendance, probably uh, B, uh, tardiness, C. But all the other things about like what you have to actually do and um, as far as like in terms of what's related to your job and all that, that's all A's, obviously A pluses. But I mean, you're not necessarily like you're capable of getting your work done and once it's done, then then you're not there, which is fine. But I do have to admit that sometimes it's frustrating if I need to ask you a question and you're not there. Well, you know, you can call me if I'm not there, and I always answer my phone. Yeah, and, I, I know, I know. And I also give myself a pass that I never got to take time off for having babies and stuff, so I'm taking it off a couple hours at a time every day being late to work. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I'm just saying, like, that's those are the only two things that I would... I'm semi-retired. Sherry, we need to clone you. <laughs> no, nobody wants to clone me. One's enough. <laughs> okay, here's a related. Why don't you ever answer my texts? It makes me so mad. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting. Um, a lot of the time if I get texted during work, and this goes for anybody, I either I don't look at my phone. And then also, um, if I do see it, then I don't respond. And then she, I think what she's going to say is that, well, I text you outside of work. Well, that's normal working hour outside of people's normal working hours, like 8 to 5. you got to remember, I'm there from 5 a.m. to 7 or 8 p.m. So that means that, like, it's easy for me to check it and then forget to respond. And that's on me. That's bad. I should be responding more. Okay. When you work that many hours, there's no such thing as texting you outside of work hours. So therefore, and I try to not do it during like eight to five, the intense stuff. Cause I know you're always working. And then when you're not, you're sleeping. I really don't want to text you then. So like, you never even answered if you're coming to Thanksgiving. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Because I... Are you going to Thanksgiving? She, I'm going to. She texted me that when, like, around podcast time, and I think. And so then I didn't respond. I don't know. I forgot to respond, and then I saw that later in the week, and I was like, oh, crap. But it's like, that's a given. I always am at those events. It's not necessarily a given, because you like to work all the time. I mean, I assumed you'd be there, but that's fine. Just one of my little pet peeves. <laughs> I didn't know that there was so much drama behind the scenes. Uh, kind of. Not really. You told me once that when your phone dings after hours, you just assume it's someone like calling in sick or something. Absolutely. Um, 100%. So that probably causes your heart to jump a little bit too. And then maybe when you see that it's not that, you're like, oh, phew. And then you just like forget about it yeah absolutely every time my phone goes off um out when i'm not at work um i'm getting ready i'm eating supper getting ready for bed or i'm getting ready for work in the morning and i'm all my first reaction is instantly who's calling in you know and it's i mean that sounds bad that i am expecting um our team to operate at such a low level that it's somebody calling in sick but like that's when my phone rings is when when someone's telling me that that they're not gonna be at work 
I've been trying to text you less in the evening because of that, because I'm not trying to give you a heart attack. Because usually it's me, like, sending you a screen cap of something and being like, look at this. And then you're like, oh, I'm glad it's not someone calling in. Yeah, much appreciated. And I, and I get that. And he at one point you told me, don't text me in the morning, because I think it's someone texting me, telling me they're not coming to work. It's the same difference as, any, you know, anybody, like, after 9 o'clock at night, you're like, phone rings, you're like, oh, who died? You know, it's the same thing. I get it. You answered a whole bunch of questions I had here. Um, here's here's one, a total jumping around subject. Um, do you ever think about going back to school? Yeah. Ooh, uh, I like this question. Yeah, I do. Um, so the backstory on that is uh, under I have an undergraduate mechanical engineering from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Really enjoyed college. Uh, was obsessed with it. Um in a much different way than most people. So people mostly would enjoy college to be out partying and having fun and not doing their studies. Obviously, I'm Jace Kayser, so I didn't do any of that. Um, I did, all I did was study. Um, I found a lot of success in college. I did very well. Um, I only got, everything was an A besides one B plus, I think, in like a physics class. Um, and that was when... I realized I was starting to realize I knew it already, but I was I really started to understand that if I just worked harder than everybody else, that I would be successful. Um, because I didn't feel like I was the smartest, mentally talented person in my engineering classes. I knew that there were other people in the classes that <clears throat> were more book smart than me. But I start. I was just studying more and was outworking them, and I was getting better grades, and that was that was satisfying. So the because again, you know, Chloe, when you asked like, does winning a race does that satisfy you? And, and like, so in school, uh, doing good on a test really didn't satisfy me, but acing it, getting a hundred percent on tests, not missing a question, that satisfied me, and that started happening a lot towards the end of my college career because I was just like, I would study so much. I would to study for tests. I would do homework problems until I had them memorized till I literally wasn't even solving the problem anymore. I was just, it was coming straight out of memory. Um, so that's how much time I was spending with it. Um, and so then I did some undergraduate research for a professor, um, through kind of his own like side business that he had grants for and, one of the summers that went well, enjoyed doing that. Um, did some undergraduate research with his team during the school year at the university. It was more of a university sponsored thing. That was fun. Um, and then it came down to, I was, I kind of decided that I was probably going to go to graduate school, um, because it seemed like it was going to be paid for and free because I was going to be doing it as a research assistant. And so that would mean that basically grant money would be paying for my tuition and um, I would go to class, and but most of my time would be spent doing research, um, and it, ours was in materials, so it would have been on like material, uh, nanomaterials is what ours was in. And that was pretty interesting to me. Um, but once I got down to the end, um, got was getting close to make the decision. Uh, I was having a re- part. I'm a re- very realistic person, so. Um, even though I excelled a lot in academia, um, it, it was still hard for me to 
to think that I was going to have to spend that much more time there because I, I think good things happened there, but at the same time, I felt like it was still distanced from the real world. I felt like one of the reasons why I was successful is because a lot of the stuff I was learning in mechanical engineering, I had good hands-on knowledge and experience from taking things apart, putting them back together. And racing helped a lot with that. And so I felt like I was learning stuff better because I had the actual real world, like, okay, in theory, this and this should work, but I know in practicality that it's not going to work exactly like we think it will, that we've read in the book. Um, and so I was kind of getting to the point where, like, that was on my mind, and it's like, I don't know if I want to go, you know, I, I really um, just wanted to get my master's, but the professor I was working with um, tends to want you to just go and get a PhD, which means longer time. Um, I wish I would have done it. So I ended up not doing it just because like powder coating was just starting. The business was um, really busy and it was kind of, basically it was like, okay, if I don't just take my bachelor's degree and be done and go work at the business, there's a pretty good chance that it won't be around or it won't be around in the capacity that it was once I was done with graduate school because, you know, mom and dad would have continued to do it, but it wouldn't have been in the growth phase. You know, they would, it would have picked like, okay, we're either going to do blasting and powder coating or we're going to do painting. And they would have went one way or the other. And then, um, there wouldn't have been this space for me to just step into and like take and run with it on my own. It would have been, have to be kind of underneath them or kind of have to push them out and then me come in. And so that was like a timing factor that the time I had to do it right then. Um, and I'm in the back of my mind. I always kind of think and still do to this day that like, I can go get a, I can go do more schooling whenever I want. Um, and really the only reason why I was going to do it was because the tuition was free at the time. Um, it wasn't necessarily because I was super interested in doing the research. It's basically I was going to be doing the research so my school was free. Um, uh, I do regret how I uh, like changed my mind at the last minute. Um, how I, like, I think I emailed my professor and just said, hey, I changed my mind. Uh, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. He was really good to me. I should have done that face to face. Um, so I still, I regret that every time I think about it. Um, because I did not handle that the way that I should have. I wasn't mature enough probably at that time, but now looking back on it, I am. And that was, that was bad that, it, because I was pretty much set up. And then at the last minute, I just decided like, nope, not going to do it. No, I'm going to go do this. See you later. Um, but I do still think about it because I like school. It shaped the way that I think engineering school did it shaped my problem solving ability i don't use my engineering calculations on a day-to-day -day basis i once a week i probably do but the way i think about things and the way the i've always had the mindset like we're just going to figure it out but like engineering school added to that a ton like i i never hit a problem or situation where i think oh my gosh this is we can't overcome this there's no way that there's no way out of this. Like that's just doesn't even enter my mind. It's just like, okay, what do we got? All right. How are we going to figure it out? So, um, and then the biggest thing that I probably miss 
across my entire life right now and it's racing is kind of because that's gone and that's a void but also school um i like very individualistic things where i only have to rely on myself because then nobody else can let me down um and unfortunately in order to build really big successful things or maybe it's fortunately you have to have a really good team around you you people have to be around you like i just said earlier the only way i can start doing all the stuff i want to do is have more good people around me but i do miss where it's all i have to worry about is me i don't have to think about anybody else because i know that i'm going to show up and i know i'm going to work harder than everybody else so then it's just like there's a lot less stress and so even though school was stressful and i would get i i was such a perfectionist that i would make myself extremely anxious for tests it still was easier because it, it was it was only on my shoulders where now obviously everything's on my shoulders still and like the pressure's on me um to try to kind of lead everybody forward but like if nobody shows up on monday like i can't do it all like the, you know like physically cannot get it all done so that that is just like that's just a product of just how life works but uh it would be fun to go back to school someday and just i enjoy getting education but just be back on like of course i would take it seriously no matter what and want be wanting to ace tests again but it would be just me that i was worrying about and that would be fun because that's the way it was in racing too like we again we had to have a pit crew and stuff but it really would boil down to just me it was individual Ra- wrestling's an individual sport i did that for a while not great at it but did that for a while and then and weightlifting or working out that's obviously individualistic so i always excel on those things so do you ever think how your life would have been different if you would have went down that path like where you'd be at now yes i'd be in a much different place um i thought about this pretty recently actually so i probably would be married i probably would have kids um and so like that in that sense, I kind of regret, but that, that's, that was less of the decision and more of my personality. I think, um, I probably, I don't know. Like I, it just, my, my life would be different. I would be more, I would be what more people consider normal. Um, I don't think that I would ever have achieved the, the success that we've had at Kaiser and just in turn like um, evaluating it in terms of how we've grown and the number of people that we have and the number of customers that we have. I don't know that I would have achieved. I know that I wouldn't have achieved that had I went to school, even if I, let's say I, I, I finished school out. Um, it, it would have kept me being a kid I feel like for longer for about four more years probably maybe six and so in that time period I would have done the normal mid-20s stuff and would have continued personal relationships and that's why I think I probably would have got married I probably would have started to have kids and then even if I could have went back and Kaiser was still going like oh powder coating still kind of going but it's small and tiny just what Jake could keep going I could have dove in and and grown it, but my t- my time would have already been c- committed. You know, my life would be re- reorganized, right? So, like, my time commitments probably would be 
you know, wife and kids first and then business second. So there's no way that it would have grown near as fast or ever to the point that I'll probably grow it to now in this current life because of there I wouldn't have I wouldn't be work I wouldn't have been able to do fourteen to sixteen hour days, seven days a week. Oh, you know, that just wouldn't have worked. But the way it's structured now, it's the other way. So like, you know, something has to give. I was thinking about uh, I was trying to think about like good advice things like you know when you listen to a podcast it's like oh wow that person's like very intelligent so like i've been trying (laughs) i knew this quizzing was coming up but one thing i got to thinking about is like so like there's like two things that are like currency that we have to spend so like we always think about money like we always talk about spending money like and when when somebody says like i spent on this like you know i spent this much money like Right away, in everybody's mind, I feel like you're transactionally thinking about like oh, all the money that they spent on this and that and that. But we also always say that like, well, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I spent some time with family and I spent... So like, in my mind, I don't think of spending time as like exchanging something. Like I do money for something. But it's like, that's what we're doing. Like you choose to spend your time somewhere and your money somewhere. And so, like, I choose to spend my time at work, but it's used up. Like, you're spending it. It's gone. So, like, I'm not spending it on personal stuff like other people are. So that's – but, yeah, obviously my life would be a lot different. Sometimes I wish it was, but then I I, I, I like to be different, though, too. You know, like, we, I always want to be – I don't – when we were racing, I didn't want to have the stuff that other people had. Even if I even if theirs was better, I didn't want to have it. I wanted something different because I was gonna make our stuff better. And it's the same thing with now with suppliers that we use at work and stuff. Like, um, I I don't want to. If everybody's using one brand of powder, I don't want to use it. I'm gonna use something else and figure out why this other powder is better and nobody else is using it, but just we are. So. So would you say you're happy with your choice? This is getting real deep on KaiserCast episode 13. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I am. I've, I've do, I think I've just like come to peace with like the, like I've made all those decisions. So and continue to tomorrow, I can decide that I'm only gonna work nine hour days or whatever, you know. But I'm just, I'm not. I don't want to do that. So um it's a trade-off. So I'm happy with all with what I I'm just like everybody else in that sense. I'm happy with everything that I have and that I've got. But of course I want to have my cake and eat it too. So like of course there's stuff that I wish that I that that I had in my life that I don't, but it's that doesn't make me wish that like it was back if I, if I really wanted it to be the other way it'd be the other way like i'm i'm the type of person that's not going to play the victim like i'm just going to i'm the one making the decision you know when i'm really stressed at work it's like at the end of the day it's like who's making the decision i am so who's deciding to be busy i am who's saying yes to all these customers when there's probably no possible way that we can get it done i am you know, so like I'm the one that's causing all that havoc. So if I want it to stop, I just make the decisions to, to stop being so busy. But I'm not doing that. 
Um, one thing, if you have time to watch a little TV, you should, it's on demand. You get it on demand. It's, it's on Monday nights, but you can do it on demand on Spectrum. Ordinary Joe, you should watch it. It's about a guy and they show it three different paths he could have took when he graduated from college and it intermixes it. I mean, you really got to pay attention when you watch a show like dad just hates it when I'm watching it because it jumps around and he has the same people in his life, but in a little different capacity, if he would make these three different decisions, it's very interesting because I always have often wondered how would my life be different if I had done different choices. That is interesting. That would be cool. I do like to, so one of my like guilty pleasures or pastimes that I will use is like I do binge watch Netflix. So uh, basically what it ends up being is I'm tired for like a week because I just stay up too late and don't get as much sleep. But um, when the shows that I like do come on Netflix, I'll, you know, if it's 20 episodes, like that's easily getting finished in a week. So like that, that's when I do have, when I do have time to relax um, again, this is be me being an introvert. I don't think like, oh, I want to go hang out with mom and dad, or oh, I want to go hang out with some friends that I haven't seen in a while, because that seems like a lot of work. I just got done talking to people all day long, all week long, so it's like, oh, I got some time. Like, I got done today. Oh, sweet. I'm gonna go home and eat, and like, I'm gonna watch some Netflix by myself, and then go to bed. That sounds like a good Saturday night to me. <laughs> I get that. Okay, I'm ready for a change of question here. Where would you like to go on a family vacation? So Sherry's always been about vacations, obviously. If you know anything about, uh, yeah, family vacations. If you know anything about the Kaysers, we're not much of the vacation in type. But um, family vacation. So the dynamic has changed now, right? Um Mom and dad are older. I feel like Jared and I kind of have to like lead the pack in group environments when we're doing stuff now. Um, just in terms of like, I don't know, like not that they don't know what they're doing, but it just, we just, we, me and Jared are old enough now, we just seem to take charge. But um, so it would be somewhere that me and Jared would probably enjoy. I, I and probably less that mom and dad would enjoy. Um, but I feel like something to do with engineering, something to do with the like real hev heavily engineering side. So, so Jared would probably have a better idea of where that should be. Um, he would definitely be interested in it. And I'm always interested in the super engineered stuff. He's a little more in touch with it on the day-to-day -day than I am. Um, so that would probably be one of the coasts. Um, not really one to get excited about world traveling makes me really nervous. I do have a passport though, because if you know the dailies, you have, you have to have a passport. Um, so a little, <laughs> basically the daily. So Chloe's maiden name is daily. Um, and their whole family is like, uh, right. Your mom, mo your mom, Chloe is from France originally. Right. And your dad, like over yes. there and did stuff so they're very world traveling bear does a lot of traveling and was in china for a while and gets to travel all over to remote places of the world and so when you know when uh like i knew bear in college but then started working full-time at kaiser kind of in summers for a couple summers and that's how i started to know chloe 
and I got to thinking, I was like, you know, like, and I, and you have other siblings and I started to get to know the family pretty well. And knowing that you guys travel a lot and knowing me, like I like to be prepared. I like to be able to, when somebody has a problem, I want to help them take care of it. I'm a problem solver. I'm good at solving all kinds of problems and just handling stuff. And it dawned on me that it, it was a possibility that one of somebody, any of the people from the daily family could have, could call me and say, Jace, we're in a situation. We need your help. And more than likely that would be, um, where they would be overseas. And so I would want to be able to react quickly. So I got a passport in case I needed to quickly get on a plane and get to France or wherever else they were at. So I could get them out of the pickle that they were in. So what, what was the, my family thanks you for your service. What was the, or I forgot what the question was. You answered it. I asked where you'd like to go on a family vacation. Okay. Um, this is just kind of an offshoot, I guess. Um, do you feel like you're you are close? You and your brother are close. Um, I feel like we used to be closer when we lived in the same house, because uh, we spent more time together. Um, our interests, I think, are still close. I think we still get along well. I think when we are together, we still hit it off right away. Um, we just don't spend a lot of time together anymore, locationally. But it wouldn't matter if he was here. I mean, just everything that I've already said. Like, I don't hang out with other people. I focus on work. I make those decisions, and that's a sacrifice. I'm missing out on, you know, spending my time somewhere else. Um, we probably would be closer if we locationally lived closer. Um, but honestly, the only way to get back to as close as we were is, like, if we lived together, which is probably a potential within the next five years if if me and him both stay single and you know he moves around a lot so it wouldn't surprise me if he'd be back in lincoln and like i would be happy for him to stay here i don't know if he would want to but that'd be probably the only way because like the only way to like to be around jace basically is to you know be around right and and that seems uh that's that's selfish of of me and but that's just been the way that my life has been. So anybody from the outside looking in that wants to be critical uh, of like how everything's always been structured in my life around me, like you very well could be because it's basically like um, I'm really focused on what I'm doing. So if you want to be in my life, then you're going to have to participate in what I'm doing. So you're either going to have to be involved in works in one way, shape, or form. You're going to have to be involved in racing. Or you're going to have to be, you know, basically coming and along and watching me or participating in that's just the way it's always been and i don't i don't know any different i guess and that's probably something i need to work on in my next in my next 30 years like tim mcgraw would say well that that's where you're very much like your father and you're both alpha males and that's part of it and i guess that's why i work with your dad otherwise i wouldn't spend time with him either so Anyway, um, would you consider going on vacation with just me? <laughs> I've thought about that before, actually. Um, in in one way, it would be fun. In another way, it'd be like, ugh, it's a vacation with my mom. But um, yeah, I mean, I like I said, I enjoy going traveling to West Coast because you gain time. It's nice weather. I think you would like it. 
I think it would probably be more fun to go some of those places. It's honestly probably more fun to go with like just you or just dad or just Jared. When when all four have to go or the more people the more people that go along, like not everybody's interested in the same thing. So like half the people are like, "Ugh, I don't want to be at this place," you know? So like Yeah, I get that. Okay, here's another one. Um would in your the social media stuff that you and Chloe do, have you ever considered or would you like a YouTube thing, like it can be in like another stream of income. Cause dad was brought up. There's these, I think they're farmers or something and they have a whole YouTube channel and making like a whole another, they, I, I don't know. They got where they have tons of followers or however that works. I don't know. Follow you around at work, you know, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. We've thought about it. Uh, we put out an ad a while back when I was really into it about, you know, finding someone that would follow me around with a camera. Um, obviously, the more attention that you have, money follows attention. Eyeballs follow attention. Money follows attention. Um, we, I've thought about it. It's not as easy as, like, what those people are doing is fantastic. It's not as easy as it seems. There's a lot of work that they're putting into that. Um, it's not like you get a lot of followers and you automatically are just making all this money. Um, it's just like anything. It takes a lot of work. Um, takes a lot of good team players. Um, for a while, I feel like me and Chloe were on a good track to, to go there. And then it was on my end, just got busy, you know, and, and anybody also that's close to me, I'm surprised we haven't had any questions about this. Maybe they're coming up. I'm very moody. Um, I'm very not easy to get along with a lot of the time. Um, Cause I'm just intense my, and so my, in extreme, so my emotions are really in a good mood or really in a bad mood. And that affects the social media thing significantly in terms of like just wanting to, to grow and do that. But, um, I've thought about it. I'm interested in doing it, but it is challenging to grow that big of a following. Um, it's definitely a full-time job almost. Um, and then like the, income directly from it it's an it's an indirect thing so it's it's gaining attention there and then since you have the attention then you become a a brand right so then people want to you know advertise with you and stuff and so this is why like we we've gone down this path um because i feel that it's intuitively i feel that it's right but as we keep going down it it matches up so closely with everything that I used to do with racing in terms of sponsorship. We didn't do much social. We did some posting and stuff. Um, it was, Social media wasn't quite as big then. Influencer marketing didn't quite exist five to eight years ago. Um, but now it, it does. And I can, like, it's just, it's ripe for the picking in terms of um, the lower the mid tier of racing to be on social media and, and utilizing sponsorship dollars. And because that's really where the money would be made or where these influencers are making money. It's because they have attention and then brands, big brands, you know, like companies like Coca-Cola and Pepsi and stuff like that. 
they see like, wow, this person has a lot of attention. They have a lot of influence over their following. They can sway their following in a certain direction. So it makes sense for us to spend money into this person than run this TV commercial. And so that's where most of it's coming from. Um, but yeah, I do think about it. There's, there's also this layer of like, you know, if you're going to do it, you got to be all in. So you got to show everything. At the same time, you obviously aren't going to have just all raw footage. Then you have to have somebody editing it. Um, and it's hard in my, I'm a very, you know, I like math and science. I like stuff to add up. I like to go into Excel spreadsheet and see, is this benefiting or not? And social media is one of those where you can't really examine it on normal metrics like you normally would. It's, it's less cut and dry to say, like, we spent this much time. This is how much money that came in from it um i know that it's in the plus just because i feel it but um when you start talking about okay we're gonna film everything every day so we need somebody to follow you around so we got to pay them and then um if all they're doing is falling because really if you're gonna do real me you gotta have probably one crazy dedicated person or two or three people you know that are like Right when I get up and I'm eating breakfast, there's somebody filming me, you know, because you could get some damn good content <laughs> with my thoughts of when I'm eating my oatmeal. So you would need somebody there and riding with me to work and being at me with work all day and right next to me. And so the stuff that I say under my breath is getting caught on camera and then there with me when I'm late and with me when I'm stopping at Target at nine o'clock to get a webcam and then at home with me while I'm trying to feel like, Wow, now what am I going to make? I'm tired of scrambled eggs for the eighth day in a row, and I don't really have time to make supper. You know, so that would take a lot of people just to help film that. And then on top of that, who's going to edit all that footage, you know? And it's not, I'm not saying, like, so obviously that's a lot of excuses to not do it. I would like to do it, but when you, with my mathematical mind, you start adding all that expense up, it's like, it's a real long play right like eventually it would pay off but it's kind of like you know that's the jay kazer in me where it's like man i don't know that like spending all that on the foo-foo fun stuff is really worth it right now you know and so then but if you can't ever make that decision then you'll never do it i do think there's a marriage there between social media and racing and uh that's why I think about racing a lot because I think all the stuff that Chloe and I have learned, um, and Chloe's learned a lot more than me about what we're doing with our social media now. I, I really think that that'll pay, that'll, that's going to play a crucial role in Kaiser Motorsports becoming a business that could break even. So it's, it's going to be an actual race team in business in my mind, if it ever does happen much, it was when we did it before, but it's, it's going to be much different in terms of, it's not going to be Jace is doing this for fun, driving and his dad helps him and his parents pay for it all, which wasn't the case, but, um, and then we have all these volunteer help. It's going to be a, a, I envision it to be a race team like NASCAR, not on that scale of money or number of people, but like, it will be a function like there will be full-time people. That's what they do. They work at Kaiser Motorsports and they take care of race cars. And but to make all that work on a lower level where you're not on TV, you got to incorporate social media. You got to incorporate virtual racing. iRacing is popular, so that's part of. It. So now, 
and that's the reason why I say, you know, there's got to be a lot of people, good people, passionate people around, because obviously the way I look at it and want to do it, you know, it's going to take a lot of time. And so I, that would be like, I would stop doing Kaiser stuff, Kaiser blasting coding stuff, and then go do that, you know, but obviously there's probably not, you know, in my mind, that's a break even thing. That's, you know, Jace just making enough money to eat and have fun racing, which is what, you know, guys that race for dirt lay miles for a living do. You know, there's not a lot of them that make a lot of money at it, but they do really enjoy what they do, and they get to race cars for a living, and and they make enough to live a decent life, and um, so that's c- kind of the goal with that. But uh, yeah, so that was social media question. I'm getting real windy. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's what this is all about. You talk. I didn't think you'd talk so much. And I don't know if you'd want a camera in your face right in the morning. You're not the friendliest person first thing in the morning. <laughs> That's a very, very true story right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, true story. Every morning, me and Jared, we like, what's wrong with Jason? If he was happy, we were like, oh, look, he's happy. We were so excited. Usually we were dodging the bullets because he was crabby. Mr. Crabby. He, ever since he was a little guy, he'd wake up crabby from naps or sleep at night. I like to, so I don't have... I don't turn, basically, I don't turn any lights on. The first lights that are on are in my office at work. I mean, I turn my bathroom light on. I need warm light in the morning. Um, And then I need, like, office commercial light the rest of my (laughs) waking hours. But, so, like, I don't turn the light on in the kitchen. I just have, like, an under counter or under cabinet light that's really dim. And that's all I turn on. Because, like, it's too, it's bright. (laughs) Which maybe we can get a clip of that from when I was little. I always used when Sherry would be videotaping me with her Channel Seven <laughs> camera with the huge light on the top. I'd always go right. Yes, you and I used to say you lived in the Bat Cave when you lived at home and you never opened the shade and yeah, you definitely like the darkness. Definitely. Um. Here, we're going to change subjects again. Do you ever wish that I would have gotten you into sports at a really young age? I think we tried. Um, So, no, I would say I don't. I never even think about that. I was extremely, um, I don't, introverted is the wrong term for that young, but just shy. Very shy. This is the way I grew up. I'm a very shy person. Didn't want to be scared, anxious. It wouldn't have worked. It didn't work when I went and did sporting stuff. You know, I was I was crying going to school till I was in like third grade. So it just no, I don't even ever think about that. It wouldn't have wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't have wanted to be didn't want to be away from mom and dad. Do you ever wish you had gone to LPS instead of Norris? Uh, I would say no, because I like the friends I had. I like the size that the school was. You know, I don't know. I mean, the grass is probably always greener on the other side. I don't know what I would have gained by being at a bigger school. Uh, I think it probably would have been worse. So I no, I think I'm happy with the size of school that I went to. Okay, so do you think? Are you happy right now in general? 
I think I am. Sherry, you're better at this than Oprah. <laughs> okay. What is the happiest memory you have? The time, huh? Um, let's take a couple different ones. Let's go like stages of life. Uh, so like my middle stage of life, it's going to have to come from racing probably. Um, and it would probably have to be a memory with, that would involve just like me and dad probably. Uh, well, it just, I don't, let's see. It would have been some sort of win in a race, I would think. Um, or just championship. I don't know. So it, there's a lot of good memories from racing. It's hard to pick out single good memories. Um, when I was, if I can pick one from when I was really little. Those are, I don't know, it's hard. Like, um, trying to think of like really fun things that we did. I mean, most of my memories are from racing. So I don't know. I can't, I can't really answer that question on the spot, I guess. Yeah, I should give you that one ahead of time. Kind of in relation, you were just kind of saying it. I was going to ask, so what is the, the f funnest thing or most fun thing that you like to do? You can't say work. I like taking stuff apart and putting it back together. So that would, obviously that does have a little bit to do with work, but also a lot with racing stuff. I like, I, I like, uh, it doesn't matter what really it is. It could be computers. It could be cars. It could be a piece of equipment. It could be putting a desk together. It could be figuring out something on a network or, you know, or a Wi-Fi and just doing a, a project where you got to sit down and figure it out. That's fun for me. Okay, so I'm starting a round of questions, and this one you can decline to answer if you want, but um, it's been on my mind lately again. Um, Grandpa, do you miss Grandpa? Because he, he passed away during COVID, so not of it, but. Yeah, I think I do. I think um, part of the reason why I... Uh, had some anxiety issues about a year-ish ago, year and a half ago, for the first time ever in my life. It was weird, kind of out of the blue, popped up, and then really haven't had a problem since. But that wasn't around when uh, he passed away, so I think that was must have been my way of dealing with it. Um, there are a few things. I do... I I sp we spent a lot of time with him when we were younger. We spent less time as we got older me the most out of the the three grandsons i spent the le least amount of time with grandma and grandpa and i still spend the least amount of time with grandma out of everybody um and there's really no excuse for that i wish i w wasn't that way but um again i just get obsessed with stuff but i do f i feel like I always had racing that he could be proud of, um, but he didn't, unfortunately, he didn't really understand racing that well, so. But he was proud of you. But he was, yeah, so, but, so we couldn't really, like, share that, per se, right? I do think that 
even though he doesn't didn't necessarily understand exactly what the blasting and powder coating was or exactly what the day-to-day was i think he would have he understood business a lot more he's a business guy worked for a big corporation for a while owned his own insurance business so i think and i never it wasn't ever to the point where it was uh it was successful but it was like at the scale that it is now i feel like he would have been really impressed to just walk around and see it so i do wish that like i that that was possible because i i don't get i don't take a lot of time to reflect on like wow like look where we started in this area of the powder coating shop then we expanded to this then we expanded to that and look at all this equipment we have and look at really like how difficult it is to accomplish what we accomplish we just take it for granted and since he would he would um whether he knew a lot about stuff or didn't he always approached it from the fact of like that he would ask a lot of questions and and kind of act like he didn't know what was going on even if he did know and so he would have been real you know would have took the position of like this is crazy impressive and really and so i think that I don't get that a lot and I don't reflect that a lot myself and think back on it myself and like give myself a pat on the back, but it would have been nice to like have that from him, I think, because I just don't get that a lot. Not that I don't really desire that, but I don't know. Sometimes I think about that. Chloe, do you have questions? I do. Um, yeah, so you've been talking about being an introverted person who's very interested in individual type sports. Um, and I know for, for sure that you really enjoy kind of the mechanical problems that you encounter day to day at work. Um, you know, fixing things, um, dealing with equipment malfunctions, all of that. You've told me that you like that. I want to know how you feel about the management side of your job. So a part of it I really like, part of it I really hate. So I love planning, love organizing, love getting stuff ready. I've got a new person starting in the office. And uh, I mean, it's my favorite thing to do to order a new desk. Um, you know, of course, Jace is always prepared. So I have a spare computer. So I got to go through and get that set up for and, you know, order all the pins and pencils and three hole punch and um, my classic engineering paper that I like to use that I try to make everybody use. So she got her an engineering pad, but also got her spiral notebooks and, and yellow notepad and, and, um, you know, got her printer set up and got everything. So I, I love getting that stuff ready. Same thing. I love doing that for production and making sure we have all the supplies and stuff ready. Uh, the stuff that I, you know, so that, that part of the management side, I like, um, the part that I, don't like is um i like it and i don't so i feel like i'm a the way i put it in my mind is like i'm a coach and and so all our team is our players so they're my responsibility um but so they're my responsibility if we do good they're my responsibility if they we do bad um it's my responsibility to make sure that we continually progress forward so i have to be hard on people sometimes have to be hard on everybody sometimes and um not everybody takes that well and and i come off 
probably being too mean at times or most of the time, but it's like if I don't put pressure on ever, we won't grow. And if we don't grow, then someone else, the other powder coating company starts and takes our customers away from us. And that's not something that our team should have to worry about because that's not their job. But I have to worry about that because that's a, a reality. It can happen. And so it's my job to keep pressure on to make sure that we succeed. Then also I have to make sure that we have fun. I've been tr doing better at that, I think. But my introvertedness, you know, it's hard for me to have camaraderie and joke around and do fun things and, you know, sit and eat with the guys and gals because I that wears me out. You know, I want to do that for them, but I don't, I want to plan stuff for them, but I don't want to participate. Not because I don't want to be around them, but it's cause it doesn't matter who the people are. I don't want to be around them. Um, so my favorite part is the team and the people, but my least favorite part is the team and the people, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And to piggyback off of that, what is one thing you wish your employees knew? How much I, that I actually do care about them, I think. How much um, they know how, they all know how hard I work because they know the hours that I put in. Um, but I don't think that they realize that I'm constantly thinking about making sure that they have a job, basically, um, because that's my job. You know, my job is to make sure we have work to do. And so, you know, if, and, and I get that, like, so I'm always thinking I have to have work every second of every day, because if we don't have anything to do for three or four days, then I'm not going to pay somebody to do nothing for three or four days, maybe a day. And so then I'm like, then I'll have to send them home and they won't get paid if they don't have vacation. Most people probably would be happy that they did get sent home for three or four days without pay because they're like, sweet, I had a project I wanted to do. So maybe I'm too hard on myself in that sense. Um, but I, I feel like it's my responsibility to have enough stuff to keep everybody busy, to keep the business growing, to keep up with, you know, because all their families are growing. They're having more kids. They want to go on trips and go on vacation. So what does that take? Money. Okay, so that means they need to make more money. And so where is that going to come from? Uh, we got, you know, it's, we, it's a fixed amount unless we continue to grow and have more customers and do a good job and don't mess stuff up. Um, so I guess since I come off so serious and so rough and gruff at times because I'm being the, the main football coach trying to get people to improve, I think they probably don't realize that I'm doing it. Like they're my kids. So I'm doing it as the bad cop dad to try to make sure that like the end result is good for them. And what's one thing you wish customers knew? Mm, I just wish they knew how much time that I spent with it. Um, just not because I want them to praise me for it, because I don't want them to you know, when you're behind, when you can't, when you don't have time to get something done, people immediately in their mind, I feel like go to, well, if you guys would just work more, you know, they don't say that, but like, 
you know, like you don't even go there with me because immediately I like it. I can't even hold back if someone actually does say that to me because it's like you don't even have a clue. You're not even like, you know, so like I wish that. And then also I wish they knew how much time I spent with it because then like naturally they would understand like Jace knows what he's talking about. Nine times out of ten. Why? Because he lives and breathes it. Not necessarily because I'm super smart. It's because I just spend all my time doing it. So I should know what's going on. And when you ask me a question, my answer is probably right. Because that's all I do all day, every day. You know? And so that I think if they understood like how immersed in it I was, they would just... Uh, trust me more i guess would it would be nice if because it's like i know that they can trust me like they're i'm not gonna lead them wrong so you know but i think some people are hesitant because they're just like unsure which i get it i'm unsure of everybody i'm not trusting of everybody um but if they understood like no this is what i like this is what i live and breathe i don't do anything else then i think immediately they would probably be like wow yeah so then whatever you say is probably gonna be okay That makes a lot of sense. Um, I do have more questions, but we are at 90 minutes. How do you feel about maybe tabling this discussion for a future episode? It's up to you. If you have stuff that you want to do, and you've had COVID, so I'm sure that you're tired. <laughs> Chloe has powered through COVID. She was vaccinated. <laughs> so just so everybody knows, whatever your personal beliefs are, that's fine. She was vaccinated. She did get COVID. She is careful, still got it, okay? Um, the vaccine did what it was supposed to do, though, and she's not didn't have to go to the hospital, but she did say it. It sucked, right? It sucks. That's yeah, it, it was a, a rough 14 days. I am finally coming out of it, thank goodness. But she powered through. She didn't miss a day of work, everybody. <laughs> no. Yeah, Sherry just said she works from home. Um, yeah. But still, like, she could have taken a time off. Um, I'm glad she didn't because I rely on her so much, but she was a trooper. Um, and, she would have had to take the time off if she didn't work remotely because yeah. of quarantine. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah right. but we do appreciate that you, because you could have said, I just feel too sick. I'm not good. And I didn't even know you were that sick. You didn't tell me. No, Girl. no, it's good. I was just maybe a little bit slower than I normally am. Well, you weren't, <laughs> you weren't as, yeah, as, yeah, there's like, hmm, what? I wonder what. Usually there's more emails and more. Yeah. I did notice oh, yeah. a difference. Okay. Know that was, was why, though. Gosh, yep. she told me. It was kind of nice being able to, um, you know, work instead of like sit on the couch. Because I don't know if this is a common thing, but I've heard it from more than one person that part of COVID is like this deep, weird anxiety. Um, like more than one person has told me that they've experienced that. And I definitely experienced that. It would like come in waves of just like existential dread out of nowhere. And I think if I were just sitting on the couch watching TV, that would have been probably the worst thing I could have done. <laughs> um, you know, two weeks, not going outside, not seeing anyone, like not doing anything and just sitting there with these feelings. And so I think in some ways, um, having something else to think about during the day was probably a good thing. Yeah. I wonder if that has something to do with the lungs and stuff, because like with Jason's anaphylactic 
yeah. responses, which is with the lungs, you have a feeling of dread, a feeling of anxiety. Yeah. I wonder if they're, if those are kind of connected. Um, I bet you're right. But I, and I think with any kind of illness that it, if you can work like, cause you were working from home, some, if you're not deathly ill, that it can help, you know, a couple hours, I mean, not push yourself super hard, but helps you not feel so isolated. So it gives right. a little bit of normalcy. Like, yes, this will, I will get through this. It will be better. I'll be back to my routine. It can help. And also mentally. if I, yeah, totally. And if I'd taken this whole week off and was sitting here now thinking about what's awaiting me on oh. Monday morning, I would be completely over what, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it just, it worked out better this way. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. Your dedication. Of course. So I'm good to answer more questions, but yeah, we are past 90. If you want to just put it off, put it off. I don't care. doesn't matter to me. Chloe, you decide. You're, you're running the podcast this week. Okay, we're going to table it for this week. Um, we did record this via video, so it's going to be quite a large file. So I think I'm going to stop it for now. And then we are going to Sherry, if you want to do this again in the future, I would love that. So just every time you think of something, write it down. And maybe in a couple months, we can revisit this issue um, and pick his brain about more deep stuff. Oh, I'm always willing to do that, yes. Great. All right. Close us down, Chloe. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. This was episode 13. Uh, Next week on the podcast, we have Bill Townsend coming back. Um, You've heard from him before. He is our pre-treatment guru, our chemical expert, the person that we talk to about all things related to the wash bay. And so he'll be back next week to talk more about pre-treatment and why customers should care and why customers should care that we care about it. Um, And I think that'll be just Jason Bill for that episode. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Hey, is everything working good for you? You need anything? Anything broke? Anything leaking? Just make sure we stay on track with the yellows and everything will be fine. Little things lead to big things. When you stay late tonight, we need to get this job finished up. Overall, I think everybody's doing a great job. Keep up the good work getting hot out so make sure you're drinking plenty of water i know this job's been difficult and everybody's getting frustrated but if we can't do it nobody else can that's the reason why the job's here because nobody else could get it figured out just keep working at it don't get frustrated we'll keep collecting data taking good notes and we'll get it figured out does anybody else have anything